Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jeremy and with me today is one of my very best friends, Ben. Ben, how you doing today? You didn't say it. Huh? You didn't call me your FFL. My your <laughs> your FFL. My my uh, uh <laughs> I don't even remember what the acronym was. Fellow for film lover. Before. My fellow film lover, Ben. Ben, how are you today? How how are how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic, Jeremy. Let me just give a little bit of an introduction of myself. Uh, my name's oh, Ben. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm a fellow film lover, just like Jeremy, my fawful, and I FFL. really love the topics that we're going to be talking about. Jeremy, could you please introduce us to what we're even going to be talking about today? Absolutely. Um, today we are going to be discussing our personal histories with uh, the movies directed by Wes Anderson and uh, ranking them in anticipation for his new movie hitting theaters in wide release this week, uh, Asteroid City, that has, I think, every star in Hollywood ever in it. Um, so first thing I kind of wanted to start with, uh, Ben, is what, what's your kind of personal history with Wes Anderson movies? Like, what was the first one of his that you saw? You know, when did you really start getting into him as a director? Absolutely. I have a spot special in my heart for Wes Anderson, and me and fellow Wes Anderson fans like to call ourselves Wessies. So mm. I just have a special place where the first film that I saw of his was The Grand Budapest Hotel. I feel like a lot of people might have been introduced to Wes Anderson or most know him through that film, Grand Budapest. But it was his first film yeah. that I saw. I didn't even see Fantastic uh, First film that I saw of his and it just made me instantly like fall in love with his style of filmmaking. And that's pinnacle of what we get from Wes Anderson. And that's why mm -hmm. I just love it. Most just definitely. everything in that film is the pinnacle of what I love about Wes Anderson. Oh yeah, just his like little attention to set design and the, the color schemes and stuff. I just mm -hmm. it's just so pleasing to look mm -hmm. at. Like I I don't even have to pay attention to the quality of the story Absolutely. that he's telling. But of which there's I must plenty, say, but... when I say that it's the pinnacle of Wes Anderson, that's not to say Wes Anderson mm -hmm. doesn't have some weaknesses as a filmmaker. I, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying um, that. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna disagree necessarily. I do think that uh, Asteroid City is uh, that kind of spot in his career where. He's an established talent. Like it's really cool to be able to go into a film, and say, "Okay, this is obviously Wes Anderson. I know he's behind this just because of the visual style." Um, but you know, at the same time, once you're that established talent in Hollywood and you have your signature, um, you really. <laughs> I was just watching Ben's cat walk across his camera. Um, but like I was saying, uh, you really have to start taking risks with the movies that you make. You know, once you have your patented successes, I really want to see what else you're capable as a uh, capable of as a filmmaker. Which um, alien films are always my absolute favorite subgenre. So I'm kind of glad that he's taking a little step into it. I'm hoping that it pays off really huge for him. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you there, Jeremy. It's it's. It's just saying that we've seen Wes Anderson we've seen Wes Anderson make mm. his films and we've seen what he's capable of but times have changed things have changed what people want to see has changed you know and what makes a good filmmaker in my opinion is their ability to adapt Definitely, and advance yeah. and continue to be creative while still making things outside of the box and I think Wes Anderson can do that 
it's just I don't know if it's been studios or like COVID primarily, but it seems that over his last film, I was severely underwhelmed. So I'm expecting there to at least to be some sort of upgrade in Asteroid City, but I'm ready to talk about his other films. Talk about all of them okay. in general. All right, yeah, no, you? I'm good. Let's let's move right into the ranking portion of the episode. Um, you are my guest of honor this week, Benjamin. So, if you will, what is your last ranked movie from Wes Anderson? We're just doing his ten, uh, you know, feature film length movies. We're not doing any of the shorts, no matter how good they might be. I know none of yeah. his ads either. <laughs> none of his ads. Um, so what what's your last ranked movie and why? Well, I think I speak on behalf of a lot of Wessies when I say that number 10 is Bottle Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is also what I have at number 10. <laughs> I mean, what we've come to know and love of Wes is you can't really see it in that one. You can't really you see can't. it in that one. And, and I do think that you know a lot of people, uh, the majority of the audience, I feel, that has watched Bottle Rocket in recent years um, – is definitely that audience that didn't watch it when it first came out it's just hey i see wes anderson for what he is now let me see where his origins came Mm -hmm. from and you can see you know more of his uh style of writing in that movie but most definitely you don't see the visual style that we you know know and love from wes anderson now and it's a little i don't know it's a little juvenile for me I, i i i had a good time but i didn't it didn't measure up definitely not Oh, absolutely not. Uh, it was it was just something that, well, I mean, you put it perfectly there. Well said, my FFL. That you want to see more and you know you can see more. And I think at its time, even if it wasn't popular, hugely popular, uh, as its own film, it could be good. It could be considered good. But I want to clarify for everyone listening, this is a Wes Anderson yeah. ranking. All right? What we know Wes Anderson to be capable of as a filmmaker and in the general state of cinema. Most definitely, uh, most definitely. You know? I mean, I still, I, I, so. I agree. Like, I still gave it a 7 out of 10. Like I said, I had a good time with the movie, but it, yeah, among his filmography, it, it, it is lacking. But we can, you have anything else you want to say about Bottle Rocket? <laughs> Bottle Rocket? I mean, I'd give that one a, like a 6.6 out of 10. special about Luke and Owen Wilson in that one for you? <laughs> I mean, they're... Man, are they the Wilsons, Jeremy, in that one. I do like that they've kind of maintained this partnership with Wes Anderson from 96. I kind of oh, love yeah. that. Um, so uh, moving on, what's what's your number nine? What you got at that nine spot? Uh, number nine, I will clarify that I haven't oh, seen it. Dang. Bottle I just... You, you've seen Bottle Rocket, I right? just, I just, I, I just, I just, I, I just didn't, like, prefer bottle rocket like okay well what's what's your number nine what you got uh rushmore rushmore would be on uh you've got rushmore at number nine i can't the thing is i can't i just can't i can't i don't know where to put it i just know i didn't like bottle rocket all right i just know i didn't like bottle okay i i will accept that because you you haven't seen it yet but oh dude you gotta watch that movie It, it is a really good movie um what? Damn. Maybe, bro. I don't. The ba- the ba- Am I even a Wessie? I'm shitting on all this <laughs> stuff. Um, and number nine, it, I might actually, you know, th- this might be a little bit out of the, um, the mainstream opinions. I have uh, the Life Aquatic with, um, 
uh, Steve Sizu. Like, I, I don't know. The film just wasn't, like... Currently at the time of filming this episode, uh, the submersible oh, was just found. Ooh. So, oh, damn. Uh, if anyone's ever listening to this at a point in time where that doesn't matter, just know. Yeah, you. that's... Uh... Jeremy Moan is silent. Moments Onwards. passed. Um, yeah, I like this film a lot. And, you know, Bill Murray's great in it. And I do think the argument could be made that this is Wes Anderson's most human movie he taps into a lot of um uh, emotion that we don't necessarily see in a lot of his other films like the way he directs his actors definitely is to preserve a lot of wild emotionality he definitely kind of remains not monotone necessarily but you know something somewhat synonymous um but that's it yeah i just found it a little slow and to be honest a little bland but um uh-huh. like i said uh, nothing on this list I would consider a bad movie. They're all really, really good. Now, do you have scores for all of these I films? I do. <laughs> do you, you want the scores too? Yeah, I, I would like to know, are your scores necessarily, or is this list necessarily only determined by scores, or would you say there are other qualities besides a simple splat-out score? Do you have like a nostalgia for any of these so, films? Special place I do have this nostalgia for some of the films, but... Um, that said, uh, this particular list, yes, is um, coincidentally determined by the scores. Um, but that's a not every list in the future may be determined by the scores. Um, but yeah, this one is determined by scores. Like that is a, a common thing for this one. Um, but I have this one at a 7.8. So I, I still, like I said, I really enjoy this movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just some of the characters were lacking a little bit for me. The cohesiveness of the story was lacking a little bit for me. I just got a little bored here and there. But um, do you have anything you want to say about Rushmore? <laughs> nope. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> okay, what you got? It's uh, eight. <laughs> listen up. Yeah. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. For all my white boy lovers out there, what a, sorry? I'm about to say something controversial. Oh, all right. Okay. I didn't like Timothy Chalamet in this movie. No, bro. No. I did not like Timothy Chalamet in this movie, oh. and I don't know if that gives away. But for those who don't know, I'm saying number eight is French Dispatch for me. The French Dispatch, man. French Dispatch, yes. Man, um, so so why why French Dispatch this low? <laughs> French Dispatch came out a very dire time in history. Uh, COVID, it's true. if you recall. Yeah. And it was delayed so many times. And you can see the trouble of post-production within the film and lack of reshoots, I believe. Mm. Uh, and everything was kind of first go around. So this first one feels like some of the storytelling and writing was, we can fix it later. And, and we just never got eventually to it. went where it could not be. And it felt like a lot of improvements could have been made upon the film. And I think we were left wanting much, much more from Mr. Wes Anderson. Dang. That is tough. <laughs> I mean, hey, that, we're, we're, I'll get on a positive note, maybe. Jeez. Bro, he's got, you got nothing good to say about this movie. He's like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> um, for, for my number eight, I've got, uh, I've got Moonrise Kingdom at number eight. Um, I don't know. It was hard for me to get into the story of it. What did you just say? I have Moonrise Kingdom at number eight. 
did I effing stutter? <laughs> Bro got his head in his hands. Can't believe what he just heard. All right, go on. I'm just saying. Sorry to interrupt I, I, uh, with my strong emotional reaction. No, you know, it's it's fine. I, I totally understand because I know this is a lot of people's favorite. I know, uh, you know, our friend AJ, I know this is his absolute favorite. He loves this movie. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do like a lot of the performances in it. And, you know, I do think that the story starts really well. And uh, overall, like I said, it's a great watch. But I don't know. I just kind of lose interest in it after a little while. Like the mm. premise and uh, development of the story just doesn't keep me engaged in the way that I was really expecting. So for this one, I don't know. It might've been a game of expectations for this one that it just didn't really meet the mark. I was thinking mm. it was going to, but um, okay. I still had a good time. 8.2. I liked it. It was great. I had a great time. This was really when mm-hmm. Wes Anderson, I think was kind of like, this was when he was in his bag, you know, like a, aesthetically. In, in the bag. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. What you got for number seven? The Royal Tenenbaums. The Royal Tenenbaums. That's that's great. I also have the Royal Tenenbaums. I feel like it, it's also middle of the pack. Yeah. I, I feel I like agree. it's middle of the pack. The I love specifically. I love the makeup and hairstyling in this film the most. Yeah, most definitely. It is the. I think it is the most. Like. In terms of makeup and hairstyling, like the most aesthetic out of any Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I think you're right in saying that it there's more attention to detail in this one when it comes to makeup and hairstyling than uh, most mm-hmm. of the rest of his movies. Um, I I also I'm a sucker for like drama and when stories feel really raw and emotional, mm-hmm. and I think that you know luke wilson's character it has great writing it does it does it has great writing yeah uh, luke wilson's character as well as ben stiller's surprisingly um they both really really worked for me like they connected well i mm-hmm. think with an audience on on a human level is there anything else you want to note about the royal tenenbaums no I, ju- I just i i i have nothing but respect number seven is a respectable place to be absolutely absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more uh, number six I have. Oh wait, I didn't let you go yet. No, no, no. I, I, I said number seven. It was the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, okay. me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What you got wow. for six? We had. Bro, stop. <laughs> Look, we had the same one. I didn't even notice. I thought we were just keeping talking about the Royal Tenenbaums. I mean, no. We we had. I had Bottle Rocket at ten too. All right. Well, number my number six is the Life Aquatic. The Life Aquatic with Steven Sazoon. You know? Mm. So what, what? Yeah, Life Aquatic. So what, what were your kind of favorite parts for this movie? Like, what, what did you enjoy most about it? I loved the setting mm. <laughs> and where the story took place. And I'm just a sucker for Bill Murray as a fisherman. That's fair. Right? That's totally fair. And it's, I mean, the fits go hard in this one, They man. do. Have you seen Willem They Dafoe? are so cold. Willem Dafoe in these set They're photos? So Insanely Willem good. Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is part of the hung jury. That is true. Yeah. I mean, the, wow. it was the costuming wow. was so good <laughs> I will, in this movie. Will... So good. And I, I feel like this is something that, like, uh, in terms of story, mm. I don't think is lacking at all. But it is, I think it's the most contrast of a story and visual appeal in a Wes Anderson movie. Hmm. I might have to read In terms of quality. Yeah, I, I might have to rewatch the um, the Life Aquatic because I I definitely mm-hmm. that was one of these movies that I kind of watched in pieces. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I might wanna mm-hmm. might wanna rewatch it, make some time to just sit oh, down. Absolutely. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, absolutely. For for my number six, now I don't know if I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. The Darjeeling Limited, is it Darjeeling? Darje Darjeeling. Hey, buddy, I think you got it. Okay. I think you got it right, right there. Sweet, sweet. Um, I really like this movie a lot. Um, and you know, it's just sitting on the outside of the top five for me because the top five are just upper upper echelon, and I I love those movies so much, but. Um, the the dark healing Unlim or limited was such a good brotherhood tale really good family tale i had such a good time just going on this like you know what it reminded me reminded me of yeah it, re it reminded me of uh oh brother where art thou oh ever seen man that? wait that is there, so it's a true. very touching story that wow. i feel like follows like a similar vibe of the of that of the film you know huh. especially with the train you're, you're, ben, you're opening my eyes. I want to revisit all of these movies now, <laughs> just to see them through a new lens. Boom! Comparison. I, I just want to see them like again, just so I can imagine going. Yeah, that that does have a really similar vibe to, to um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and I love that movie so much. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I I really like the Dark Healing Limited. Um, I I think that it's one of his funnier movies um it definitely uh is more interesting i think than uh a lot of the ones that we've already mentioned um that's it mm -hmm. we can we can move on to five um what you got five i mean we were just talking about it darling unlimited unlimited what's what's special about this one for you i mean i i said it before it, it's it's Oh, it's just such a powerful tale between characters this is the strongest characters mm -hmm. that i think we've seen in a wes anderson movie uh, a lot of the other characters in all of his other films feel a, a bit, uh, how do I say, they're not lacking depth because he uses his characters as a way to tell the message. Mm -hmm. And the message is not usually pertaining to only that character, so it's more broad yeah. within each character. Characters are broad in Wes Anderson films, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. So, But this one feels like the strongest like character-driven Wes Anderson story. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It definitely feels like we're doing individual development rather than conceptual or thematic development. Because um, all of all of his other ones are very, like, the situations and setting are super interesting, right? Yeah. And that helps elevate and bring up some of the quality of the characters, mm -hmm. but only so much, you know? He does keep them, like, broad yeah. and, and, and able to cover a lot of ground. But yeah, you're definitely right, though. It, it it definitely focuses in on the characters and lets them drive the story for once. Um, mm -hmm. For me, in my five spot, I don't know why you don't like this movie like so much, but I I loved the French Dispatch. That's what I've got at my five. I've got it at like an eight point seven out of ten. I really loved this movie. Um, I I wrote a a ton in high school, and um, I definitely more recently I've been trying to get into meeting art where it's at um and I, I really thought this movie was like there were some parts of it that didn't really vibe for me the whole uh sequence with jeffrey wright and a lot of the stuff with owen wilson's character i didn't really enjoy all that much um but that said i i actually really liked timothy chalamet's story because um like you'd kind of spoken to for the dark healing limited like i wasn't really focused in on characters per se, but more so on the stories that they were a part of. Um, 
but yeah no i i really liked it uh, someone wrote in their review like a lot long time ago it was a love letter to american journalism and i thought that was a really good lens to try and view the movie through um and to anyone listening remember the media is lying to you about everything <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true the media is lying to you about everything <laughs> um, don't listen to work <laughs> what's uh what you got at number four ben what, what do we got Number four, uh, this is the most appropriate place for this film, I believe. I, I bet you know what I'm going to say. All the real Wessies out there know. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom is at number four. Okay. And I think yeah, uh, that sure. makes it pretty obvious what my top three are. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. It, <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for my four, I went for uh, Isle of Dogs. Um, I really like... Oh. Yeah, I, I really like this kind of foray into stop motion that... Wes Anderson's explored. I hope he revisits it in the future because he's really good at it. Oh yeah, um, Guillermo del Toro and his films are just—they're fantastic, unbelievable, fantastic animation directors. Yes, they're so good. I—I really—it it was a really beautiful tale of outsiders. I enjoyed it from start to finish, and you know, I—it gave me exactly what I value the absolute most in his movies, which is the visual appeal. Uh, it, I think it's an amazing medium for him to kind of explore that style more creatively. But um, for you and why, why, what do you got to say about uh, Moonrise Kingdom? Number four? Moon- Damn. Moonrise Kingdom is a beautiful storybook movie. Mm-hmm. It is Wes Anderson's storybook, okay? It is fantastic, and it captures the joy of uh, childhood summers, I'd say. And it is beautiful in that sense. Okay. Also weird. Okay. Which is really what you want from Wes Anderson too. That's fair. Weird, good. I do think the the weird kind of faltered a little bit for me, which is why it dropped so low in my ranking. But um, yeah, I can definitely I can definitely see the value in that. That you know it it mm-hmm. is reminiscent and representative of a part of childhood. Uh, what you got at number three? Number three, I have the Grand Budapest Hotel. The Grand Budapest at number three, really? Yes. Wow. This goes back to my earlier comment that I made at the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I said Grand Budapest is pinnacle Wes Anderson. Yeah. But here we see the highs of Wes Anderson. When the highs are high, they're high. Yeah. But some of the mid to low qualities of Wes Anderson's filmmaking come into play. Yeah. And that is character, climax, and crutch on creativity. All right, those are my three C's for the weaknesses of Wes Anderson. Dang, his characters—they get too broad, and their meaning loses value over the course of the movie. Right? Not so much that the characters are—you are, forget about them forever, right? Yeah. It kind of overpacks itself unintentionally, but you really have to be—you really have to be invested in the movie, uh, which it really doesn't capture you and does it too fast, right? Yeah. So after that, we have the uh, crutch on creativity and the climax. Mm-hmm. The crutch on creativity, as I'm saying, is uh, this visual reliance that he's uh, so carefully curated for him, for himself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can become too much of a distraction, in my opinion. Yeah. And I just want to see the movie, right? All right. And the colors, it's just, uh, maybe this is just a personal preference, but the colors, they could use a bit more saturation, even saying that in this film. Yeah. Right? Uh, so. I'm a little worried about that for Asteroid but, City. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit i know i know the contrast uh, they got to turn it up a smidge i'm just saying yeah. right uh but 
the climax of the film, it just happens way too quick, in my opinion. It just happens way too quick, and you kind of just kind of lose sight of what's really happening and what storylines are wrapping up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they wrap a lot of storylines very, very quick. So, uh, I but I love the film nonetheless. That's not to say I don't love the film, right? Of course. I mean, the visual cinematography is still spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story is so interesting, and you'll you'll be enamored throughout. It is, and yeah. if if you wanted anything out of a Wes Anderson movie, you're gonna get it in Grand Budapest Hotel. That's true. It yeah. is so watchable. It is so watchable. Yeah. So watchable. It really is. I, I've revisited this movie like three times, and I mm-hmm. there there twice I've I put it on the background and. It is purely just for background noise, but then I shirk all of my responsibilities, and then I watch it. I just sit down and watch it. It's right. it's it's a ton just to get invested in. For me, in my three spot, um, um, I have put the fantastic Mister Fox. Um, I, like I said, really love this kind of uh, foray he he's done into animation. Um, you give me the stank eye. I know you got this shit. It's I'm not giving you any stank eye, FFL. Why would you say that? I know. I, you know, hey, no, I, I, I didn't notice anything. Nothing on the camera. Hey, keep on your review. <laughs> um, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is fantastic. It, it Like, you know, pun intended. It really is huh. just so, so, so great. Um, George Clooney, I think this is arguably the most I've ever enjoyed George Clooney. Is is him as Mr. Fox, like, truly um, the supporting cast is really great. The artistry is fantastic. It, it really just is such a beautiful movie. And yeah, you know, I wish he would just make more and more fairy tales, more and more classic stories oh, yeah. into oh, yeah. these stop motion adventures. I'll Absolutely. watch them until the end of time. So 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 great. for sure. What you got, right. Ben? What you got at number two? I will say my my number two and my number one because the number one would become obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> so my number two is Isle of Dogs. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, as you said earlier, the animation is phenomenal and the aesthetic is pitch Like, everything's perfect. About Peak. It, right? Peak. And the animation style is amazing. And I think only in Wes Anderson films are you going to find the plague of big named actors voicing roles in animated films simply for the sake of their big name mm-hmm. when the case is voice acting is completely different from on-screen acting it right? is yeah most definitely and you get this these terrible performances of people playing mario and you could easily <laughs> get someone who's 10 times better to play the voice right so you're only going to find big names doing well in wes anderson yeah I, in in the animated movies like that yeah most definitely and I, I think part of that is because he he definitely um he, he has them like go on set like i've seen so many clips of uh, wes anderson literally just directing george clooney on an actual motorbike as he's like yelling stuff oh, yeah. for fantastic mr fantastic. fox like it's fantastic. so 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 good um what what's your, your your number one is uh my number one would have to be fantastic mr fox jeremy absolutely 100 percent. i mean the, uh, when he goes into animation he does it perfect. beautiful it's the only film out of any animated film or not any animated film but out of every big named animated film that you can say these actors did a good job and a voice actor i don't think could have done better mm. and i think that goes to tell you how good of a director wes anderson is the color's phenomenal i mean this movie is just set apart from the fact that they go 
cuss. They say cuss instead of saying a bad word. And they just keep doing it. And I think it's just such it's just <laughs> such a choice. That. I love that, you, that they it, do it, that. It's, it's just so phenomenal. And you just go, ah, so perfect. It is, it is the best like fall film ever, too. What about your yeah. number one, Jeremy? Um, so I, so we, you hit number two and number one, so I'll, I'll do the same. Um, my number two mm-hmm. was uh, actually Rushmore. I really love this movie. Mm. Um, it, wow. Like, I am literally him. Um, no, it's it's just <laughs> a really good movie. I, I, I love uh, Jason Schwartzman a lot, and his performance throughout these movies, like, I loved just kind of seeing him progress as an actor, you know, specifically even just with Wes Anderson. Um, but, you know, it, it really did remind me of me as, like, a kid. He's he's awkward. He doesn't really understand romantic relationships. He has unrealistic expectations of the world and, you know, his place in it. And I just found it such a, such a likable protagonist, even though he makes some significant mistakes. Um, you know, it really is just the acting is silly a little bit, but... It's just so hard not to love it. It is. I I just absolutely adore this film so much. Um, which number mm-hmm. one number one leaves me with you know, in my opinion, the best, easily the best. It's it's Grand Budapest. I, I really 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 love that film quite a lot. I know it's not it's, it's not a it's, it's it's not a hot take to say. It's I mean it's what one. it's it's just the most of what you're gonna get with Wes Anderson. Yeah, you I love it. I do think what you said. And if you love Wes Anderson, you love Grand Budapest. Oh, absolutely. What, what you said earlier was absolutely correct that, you know, it's, it is just the best that you're going to get with, um, you know, what you expect out of Wes Anderson. Um, I just have grown also to love Ray Fiennes like so much as an mm. actor. Um, mm. so him being, you know, kind of the protagonist through most of it, um, was really enjoyable. I, I had forgotten on my second rewatch that uh, Jude Law was, was in this movie, um, which kind of plays into the the um notion that i really love that the narrative format for this movie that we you know start by you know old zero telling his story and we just jump back and forth like it's all just one big memory for him and i love those periodic jump backs jumps back where it jumps back to you know the present um i I just love that movie so so much it's so much so much fun um and that that wraps it up that wraps it up for our little ranking. Do you want to give give the people a little little one two quick you know recap of your ranking? I don't remember. I made it all up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, number ten, I have Bottle Rocket. Nine, I have Rushmore. Eight, I have French Dispatch. Seven, I have The Royal Tenenbaums. Six, I have The Life Aquatic. Five, I have The Darjeeling Unlimited. Four, I have the Moonrise Kingdom film. Three, Grand Budapest. Two, Isla Dogs. One, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Beautiful. Um, and for me, I've got 10, Bottle Rocket. Number nine is The Life Aquatic. Number eight is Moonrise Kingdom. Number seven is The Royal Tenenbaums. Number six is The Dark Healing Limited. Number five is The French Dispatch. Number four is Isle of Dogs. Number three is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Number two is Rushmore. And the very tippy top, number one, is The Grand Budapest right. Hotel. Uh, is there anything wow. else you wanted to? Uh, what of a hell of a ranking? Yeah, I, I, where? Oh, here's a, here's an interesting question. Where where do you think Asteroid City is going to sit in your ranking? I pray it's above French Dispatch, minimally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I pray it's above the, the bottom three films. 
or yeah, bottom three films. And I don't know. I want to. I want to see something that I could put in like the top three. You know. Yeah, I do too. Um, but it's. I mean, from early reactions, I, you know, it's uncertain. But you know, the audience score is low. Yeah, it is. And so, to be honest, I kind of do feel like most of the people going to see Wes Anderson movies are Wes Anderson fans. So I yeah. do feel like those scores are uh, pretty closely indicative. I hope it kind of lands in that six or seven spot somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, I got to say, like I said at the start of the episode, I really need to see him start taking more risks. And I hope the, the alienness of it makes it mm-hmm. more enjoyable for me. Um, well, that's, that's all I've got for, for Wes Anderson. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we give a little sign off here Ben? no not at all jeremy i'm happy to call you my fellow film lover let me tell you <laughs> my my fffl brother my fffl for life yes fuffles <laughs> for life bro <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna use that in the future <laughs> all right um well that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode uh as always thank you to everyone hey, for, for having me jeremy yeah Just absolutely thank you, thank you for coming on we'll we'll definitely see ben in the future um um, but as always, thanks you, thank you guys for tuning in uh, to listen on Spotify. Make sure to leave a review, a star rating if you can. It does really help the podcast, you know, you know boost and get back out and get out there a lot more. Um, yeah, you can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter, where I'm most active. And uh, oh, Ben, do you wanna you wanna plug anything? You, you what are you doing? No, I don't want to plug anything, Jeremy. You got nothing to plug? Wow. I have no agendas. Wow. All right. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Like I said, you can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter. That's definitely where I'm most active. And I will see you guys next week. Guys, remember to vote. Remember to vote. <laughs> what are you talking Guys, remember to vote. I don't know. That's, that's what I can Yeah, So true, dude. So true. Our nation's in need at this vote. time. Vote. Your voice matters. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll we'll see you next week at Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget to vote. Thank you.